Haskins, the defensive coordinator from Walter E. Stebbins High School. I want to make sure I get that right because Coach Greer will and Coach Place will also correct me if I just say Stebbins High School. So, welcome, Coach. Hey, how you doing, Coach? Good. Hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of like where have you been, where have you coached, playing experiences, maybe systems that you've coached in? Okay. Uh, I'm I born and raised in Kentucky. Um, grew up in Louisville, kind of uh, played at Butler High School, not the Vandalia Butler everybody knows, but Suda E. Butler High School in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, played in a 4-4 defense uh, with a pro-I offense. Um, we did, you know, we were a good program. We had a lot of really good players, and I, I was the benefit of playing with a lot of those guys. They were, uh, I got to learn a lot from from really, really good football players. And uh, then from there, I went on to, uh, I didn't play college ball. I was just, I was out of football for a while, uh, out of high school by about two years. And I was, it's funny enough, I went to the library and was checking out books on football stuff. And a guy saw me uh, sitting there, and his name's Bill Mason. He was the defense coordinator at Nelson County High School um, in Bardstown, Kentucky. And he asked, he thought I was a kid. That's, I was still so young and didn't, you know, look very mature. So he thought I was a kid and asked me if I was going to come out for football. I said, well, coach, I'm graduated and. You know, everything. He, uh, he said, well, heck, uh, since you're here and you're, you know, you're on your own looking up stuff on football and, and trying to learn it, why don't you come out and, and coach for us? And I actually was a volunteer coach for the first year. And then I, I stayed there from 2002 to 2006, um, coached with a lot of really good guys. There was like six guys off that staff that went to go be head coaches at different places. So nice. You know, yeah, there's there was a lot of knowledge. Uh, and we were a 4-4 wing T team uh, to the hilt. And that, you know, there was a, uh, there was a lot of real good football on that staff. Uh, very successful program at the time, not now so much, but at the time they had just won state in 96. And they were, uh, I think they had gone to the final fours in 97 and 98. They went to semis in 97, 98. So they were still really good. There was a, that program was a very good program. Uh, from there, I ended up going to Fort Knox with one of the guys on that staff. He became the head coach at Fort Knox High School, which is a little different because it's on base. Most people wonder, but yeah, you literally, it's in the middle of bay, in the middle of the base, and kids that live on the base are the ones that go to that school. Um, we went there. Uh, it was not a good place to be. They lost 30 some odd games in a row. Um, we got there, went Owen in the first year or 0 and 11 because the top four seeds made the playoffs in your district and there was only four teams in our district so we ended up having to go get beat to death on that that playoff game uh we then went we won uh three games the next year and then we end up going uh i can't remember the exact record but we end up making the second team or second round of the playoffs my third year in 2010 and then we uh, we actually upset the number one seed Glasgow. Uh, we were a nice. upset a, a one seed, yeah, at their place. So that was that was not easily done back in the day. So um, that team the next year went all the way to the state finals. So that's how good that team was. And we ended up upsetting them at their place, thirty to twenty eight. Um, so it was, and I was the defense coordinator there. I was uh, sorry at Nelson County. I did linebackers and running backs, and then I ended up 
I was the defense coordinator at uh, Fort Knox. I then left, we moved up to uh, Dayton uh, to help plant a church with a buddy of mine. Uh, okay. We, I, that's when I started, I went to Oakwood, coached there, uh, had some good, good, uh, good things. Uh, Rick, uh, Rick was there. Uh, okay. Coach uh, Robertson, my high yeah. school coach. Yeah, Robertson, Robertson was there. Uh, really smart guy, knows football very well. Uh, very demanding. I mean, he's a, you're going to learn or you're either going to get it done or you're not going to be there, you know, right. kind of a deal. Uh, I was there for two years. I ended up stepping out because I had to finish my bachelor's degree. Uh, I did that. It was about a three-year hiatus. And then I put in with Greg at Stebbins. Uh, and, and I was like, you know, I want to get back in the game. He was gracious enough to give me a shot. Um, I did linebackers my first year. Uh, second year, I was the co-defense coordinator with Greg Bush. Uh, most people know him. Yep. He's been around the Miami Valley for a long time. Uh, Greg was a great mentor to have. He really helped me learn the Miami Valley, learn a lot about defensive football. Uh, he was a really good guy. Uh, never once, like, looked down on me or, you know, questioned if I knew anything, just kind of brought me in and, and really showed me around. So I was I was very blessed to have him as my co-defense coordinator. He made all the calls. I was just a guy on the field signaling it in. And, and you know, obviously we were there game plan and stuff, but uh, I, I had the title of co-defense coordinator. And then this year, 2020, I was able to step in and take the position over completely because he left and uh, I think he's close to retirement. And I think he wanted to take his last couple of years of teaching and just teach, so it was less hectic for him, but he uh, uh, he stepped down, I took over, and obviously Stebbins, we had one of the best years we've had in quite a while, and uh, we're still running, you know, I, I'm still running a 4-3, we're a little different, we run a 4-3, uh, too high, kind of a quarters looking scheme uh, at Stebbins is what we do now, but it was, you know, we were, we were blessed with some really good players, I think anybody in our league knows we were, we had some pretty good players this year. Uh, and so we were able to maximize their talents in the four three, and and that's why we, you know we play that particular defense, and and that's why we felt it was the best for us. Well, you know what, Coach, I you know being a guy that had to compete against you guys, and and competing against Stebbins for this was my fifth year. Um, you know, when Greg came in, he he when he came in, he had to make a system change, and um, what he was doing was a lot different than the previous guys. So. That first year, he you know, he was struggling was just because the kids didn't know some of that stuff. And, you know, it's, you know, and that's, that happens, you know, whether, you know, if the next guy at, you know, you know, Ohio State wants to come in and he wants to do something different than what's been done, you know, those kids are going to probably struggle a little bit. Now, they're always good athletes and they're not going to struggle as much. They got to pick those guys. Yeah. Um, we got who we got, right? I mean, it's, it's whoever's in the halls there at Stebbins or, or wherever, wherever I'm at It's you know, it's, it's who you got and you got to just do your best. And I thought you guys have done a great job um, with it because you guys, you know, like you said, you, you had struggled a little bit. And then this year you guys, you know, first league title since 1973, Coach, just so you know, I was a year old when that happened, right? So I've been around, and you know, I played against Stebbins as a player, and you know, Stebbins was one of those where you, where they would have these little, you know, small groups come through, 
And I think you guys got it, you know, you figured out that, that linebacker of yours, uh, the Rutledge kid. Yeah. Holy cow, playing tailback and linebacker. Hey, look, he, you know, that kid was 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 a – he's a dude. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. He, he's oh, yeah. a dude. So he's a, he's a state qualifying wrestler too, which some people don't know. But he's just – man, he's, he's kind of a heat-seeking missile. Sometimes, you know, you just kind of let him loose, you know. You don't coach him a lot. You, you coach him enough, but a lot of it is just – and he knows how to play football. You go yeah, let him play football. Don't slow him down. That's like, <laughs> you just hey, let him, like, coach. I like he'll figure it out. You know, I'm not going to say too much. And let let you know. Good. I thought you guys did. It was it was a tremendous job and all those lumps. You know, you talked about the pro I offense, man. I, that you know, for a guy that when I was an offensive coordinator at Miami Trace in 1999 to like 2002, mm-hmm. um, we were an I offense, and mm-hmm. you know, it it was in the late 90s, early 2000s, and you know, running off tackle, I can tell you about six different ways to get that ball off tackle. And yes, I'm willing to bet in a couple years – I mean, you're already starting to see it. Teams in the area, Springfield, um, Trotwood, Madison, they'll line up in the eye. And they'll just – one tight end and an eye, and let's go. Here we go. And people have forgotten a little bit, you know, oh, wait a minute. Hey, you got to defend off tackle this way. And it's not defending the zone read, which is off tackle, a different way. Yes, sir. So, it, everything's cyclical. We know that. It, absolutely. So it'll, it'll eventually come back. You just got to hope you remember it. Right. And you got to hope that you're around still. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. You hope yeah. you're around still for that. All right, Coach. Hey, you know, you said you primarily been coaching an even front defense. What are, what are some of the strengths of the even front defense that allowed you guys to be so successful this year? Well, I – I think that it allowed us to use our athletes without having to coach too many techniques. So, um, especially like our defensive line, uh, we, we had some pretty darn good athletes on the defensive line this year. And with the, with an even front, you kind of, you, you just kind of gap them up. You know, they all play a shade technique. Occasionally we have uh, an inside shade cause we'll go to a G front or a, a, an over front or an under front, sorry, right. and we'll bump that nose out to the three tech and bump that tackle down to a two eye or a, a one shade on the center. Right. And, but that's very, very little, you know what I mean? And, right. and it's still not that much different than what they're doing, snap in and snap out. So their reads stay the same and their, what they do from snap to snap stays the same. So it allows them to concentrate more on, hey, do my job, What's this lineman in front of me doing? Did I get a down block? Did I get a reach block? Did I get a, you know, a pull? Right. And so now it's just stimulus and response instead of, you know, I know there's several ways to run the even front, but the old school way was you two gapped guys. And you had to have some dudes when you two gapped because they had to punch out, read the guy, you know, read the lineman and then find the ball. That's a lot of stuff for a kid to have to do in high school in my, you know, to me. And so for us, we just let our guys turn loose and our defensive ends were both pretty good athletes this year and they just got to come off the edge and, and attack and it and allowed them to make plays uh, instead of just take bodies up. I know, you know, there's lots of guys that have good schemes and the defensive line, their main goal is to take up guys and there's nothing wrong with that, but our guys were good enough players. It allowed us to get our best 11 on the field and not have to hinder them at all. And, and that's, that's the main reason we really like the 4-3 because we feel like it gives us our best 11 on the field and it's the fewest amount of 
specific position people. Because the way we coach it, it's more like the Miami 4-3, the old school 80s, early right. 90s. Oh, where, yeah. When the Hurricanes were really rolling, yeah, those dudes yeah, could play a little bit. A little bit. And so we really build off, build around our three-tech and our Mike Backer. The rest of the guys, you can kind of substitute speed. You know, if you have a guy that might be a little bit small, our Willie backer doesn't get touched a lot. So he can be a little bit smaller as long as he's fast and can find the ball. Our Sam, because most a lot of teams we play are spread, he spends a lot of time kind of out in the flats anyways. So he's not got to be a huge guy that takes on, you know, a fullback. It's not old school. So he doesn't have to be a huge guy. Uh, he can be a little bit more athletic so we can put more like a strong safety type out there. But our Mike and our three tech, which we had two really, really good ones this year, um, are kind of who we build the defense around. Because that three tech has the command of double team. And that Mike, he's our only two-way guy. He's got to be able to flow both ways. And so but between those two guys, and in most schools, you're going to have two of those guys. If you have to have four or five, and some years we don't have four or five, you know. Right. But two, most of the time we can, we can find two guys to fill those roles. Well, you, you know, you said something talking about playing the shade. Um, Mike Elko, I got to know, he's now the D.C. at Texas A&M. Um, I got to know Mike when he was the defensive coordinator at Bowling Green. He was recruiting a couple of our guys. And we were talking, and, you know, we were kind of hem-hawing around about, like, I don't know if we're going to do stay in even front or whatever. And he goes, why? He goes, like what you said, it's the easiest one to do because a shade is a shade is a shade is a shade. You teach kids how to play a shade technique, one kid could theoretically play four spots. And so maybe you're, you know, if we're, if you're only playing like, Hey, I only have a nose and he only plays nose. And then maybe your second nose is only really your third best kid who could play there. If you, you know, if you, if your other, if your backup three tech is better than the backup nose, why not plug him in? Cause it's a shade. Who cares where you line up? Yep. And, and, you know, the other thing is if you can get a three technique that can draw a double or if you're one, if you're one can draw a double two, mm -hmm. if you get two of those guys, your mic is going to be a, a world beater. We had a kid here um, <clears throat> trying to the early 2000s, uh, Mitch Larson, like, which, like how you're describing your Willie, like yeah. he was small. Um, I, I promise you, Mitch may have been 5'8". And – he broke our school tackle record. He had 163 tackles in the season. And people are like, oh, that's made up. I'm like, count them. Because yeah, I didn't coach that. I didn't coach that. Trust me. That kid knew how to get to – he, like, you know, was a great student of the game, watched film, and he knew, like, hey, if I see them do this, the ball's going to come out over here. I got to get there. And he was slithering and slipping blocks. I didn't coach that. I'll be honest. Like, that kid, that kid did it. That was nothing to do with me. So, yeah. absolutely. Um, when you – do you think there's any spot for an even team to have an odd package? Like, where you're going to have to play with three down linemen. And I'm not talking, like, into game situations. Is, is there a spot where you guys play it? Or do you think that it's a waste of time? Well, I, obviously, it's not a waste of time. I think I think it's used too much. Uh, to, it's successful, obviously. A lot of people run it. Um, I, I think you can. I think it, you have to be very specific and keep it very 
technique-wise similar to what you already run. So um, we actually had, we didn't run it a lot this year because we didn't really have to, but we have a mint front look where we go to two four eyes and a zero nose. Right. And basically the only guy that really changes is that zero nose because he's taught to bull rush and just put that center as far back into the backfield as he can. But the two four eyes, they're essentially just inside shape. So you're coming off the ball. What's that tackle and guard doing to you? Are they both doubling you? Here's what you do. Is the tackle trying to down block you? Here's what you do. So it really doesn't change a whole lot. And I think if you see it in your game planning, this team struggles when you give them this. I think it's definitely something you want to give to them when you want to change. Like if they're figuring you out, like anybody, right? If, right. They're, if they know where you're going to be and they've kind of figured out how to attack you, who's the weak link or whatever, I think it's always good to have something you can throw in there, a, you know, even a bear front or something that'll allow your guys to, uh, to be successful and make the, the guys on the other side think. Uh, because, uh, you know, as, as advanced as football has gotten, there's still 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. If you make them think on the fly, you can – Bet one of them is going to screw up at least one time. So oh oh for sure that's that's <laughs> you know it's there there's a lot to that like hey do I really want to trust my paycheck to a 16 year old kid trying to be right every time? <laughs> yeah, and it, but yeah, I, I I fully believe there's a use for a an odd front package. You just have to have uh, you have to know your personnel, and I I believe keep it as similar to what they normally run. Uh, because in the middle of the game, if you ask them to do something completely different, like two gap or something, right. I think most kids, at least at our level, you go to the MVL and look across the board. Maybe there's a couple schools, pick with Troy or something, but for the most part, we have the same kind of kids, and they're like to ask them to do something completely different than what you've coached them, you know, 90% of the time, it's going to be tough for them to execute. So but there's oh, definitely yeah. a room for it. Oh, for sure. Um, and and like I said, I'm an even front guy. My at, To my core, I'm an even front guy. But I'm so, also so old. I've coached it all. Coached the 5-2 yeah. slash 3-4, whatever you want to go. It, it's the same defense. Um, coached a 4-4, coached a 4-2, coached 4-3, coached an odd stack defense. Yeah, so I, you know, it's you, if you're around long enough, you'll coach it all. And and I think this is, you know, I think you're right. I think there's times where you're going to need it. If it's third and twenty, um, there's nothing wrong with and and playing an odd front. Maybe it is leaving your regular personnel on the field, and maybe you're going to drop one of the ends off. Or you know, I think I just think that sometimes you, you know there's a place for it. But you know, you talked earlier about you guys even played a little under front which means mm -hmm. you're taking your Sam or somebody and you're walking them up on line scrimmage, right? Yep. It's still an odd front principle, but you're using your kids' techniques to get there. Yep. Because what's the difference? And you talked about a four eye. What's the difference between playing a four eye and a two eye? Well, nothing. 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 Cause it just was, you're going to get doubled from somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really, it really doesn't matter. All right, coach, what's your favorite team drill that you guys do? What's a drill you do as a team for, on defense? that you really like and you think it helps you get things done? Our pursuit drill, I really, I really, like, because of the way we run it, we, we do run it with a rabbit. And uh, we, it really forces our kids, especially the backside guys, to not to continue through the play. Um, and, and we, 
when we run it and, and our kids are doing it right, because we set it up with the cone where they match their cone, you know, and it gets our defensive line used to flowing flat and then cutting back through the line once he breaks the line of scrimmage. I just think that a lot of teams, a lot give up long touchdowns because kids don't, either they don't go over it or they don't understand their lanes for tackling, like your, their angle lanes. And so we get, I, we didn't, you know, a couple passes I can think of, but we really didn't give up a ton of long runs. I think we gave up one to two to you guys. Right. Uh, that that good little quarterback, that sophomore kid, he he, <laughs> uh, he he got one on us, and then the the B back got one on us uh, uh, there. But we did like we typically are pretty good at getting our angles and getting down the field. So even if you do bust it for fifteen, we still make the tackle and live to fight another day. Yeah, because if you if you let high school kids continue to snap a football, they're going to drop a snap, they're going to fumble a ball, they're going to have an offensive lineman hold, Amen. or even worse, jump off sides. Like, we know the count. Why are you jumping off? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, I, I'm, yeah. You talked about your rabbit. Now, when we run one with a rabbit, one, we do a couple different things with them. But do you have problems with your guys basically – either the rabbit stops or the players stop the rabbit just because they just don't like, they just don't think about it. It's like, like quit grabbing the rabbit, let the rabbit run. They do. They do. Uh, the first, you know, few times you run it every year. Yes. You have to coach them through it and you have to remind the defenders quit chasing the guy or, or quit wrapping up the guy, you know, tap him right. on the hip and let him go, whatever. And then the rabbit, a lot of times, the rabbit will be a, a pretty fast freshman or something. And on that first practice, you know, when, especially when we're in pads, <laughs> got some of them big boys running at you. And you're a freshman? Come on now. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to look at that and be like, I ain't running through that. You'd be like, right. trust me, I'm not going to kill you. One like, of two things are going to happen. Either they're going to get out there and they're going to stop like, oh, they got me. Or two, they're going to run way faster than ever because, like, I am not getting hit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, we, we run into those issues just like anybody else. Uh, you got to coach it up every year. But I, I like it because it keeps all of our kids engaged. Another another aspect for us, we have teams. So we, we have our first 11, second 11, third 11. And so even if it's a guy that may not ever take a snap on defense, it keeps them engaged in, in what we're doing in practice, and it gets them reps, uh, learning the defense, even you right. know knowing where to step, knowing what gap to go to, all that stuff. But then also it gets them conditioning without be having to be like, all right, run a hundred or you know what I, right. you know how it is. You're you conditioning kid, without without lining up, blowing a whistle. Exactly. If, if you tell a kid he's got to run like 200 yard sprints he's going to think he's going to die. But if you ask him to go run a punt down and he just ran 30 yards, he doesn't think anything of it. He's fine and jumping around. But if you make him run it, he thinks he's going to die. And, and you got to really be like, come on, get up. You got to do, you know, so it, it's, it's a little bit psychological in the fact they're getting conditioning without thinking about getting conditioning. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, you know, so, now, hey, do, do your how does your rabbit run? Does he only run like out wide? Is he always outside on your cones? Or we does do, he do anything we, else. We do outside on the cones. The only th other thing we do is we will set up a uh, uh, 
like two or three guys in about 15 yards downfield, and we will throw the ball too. So we'll get them to step, and then the, the linemen, once the ball's released, they retrace, get downfield, but it allows our secondary to, you know, see where the guy's going, follow the quarterback's eyes, and then when he releases the ball, break on that ball. So he's going to catch the ball. I just want my guys around it. And we always say your dedication to this team is determined by how close you are to the ball when, when he catches the ball. Because if you're not going to be there to make the tackle, you know, it's going to be hard to get you on the field. That's, that's just the way it is. It doesn't sound nice, but I've got to have you close to that ball to make a tackle. And if you're not going to hustle to do it, we're going to have to have uh, some heart-to-heart -heart conversations. <laughs> right. No, right. And, you know, one of the things we've done here is uh, we started rewarding. We call it uh, six to five to the ball, six to the ball, whatever it is that year. Um, and if there's five guys to the ball on the tackle, now they don't mean, they don't mean they're all going to be in on the tackle, but if they're running to the ball, they're making an effort that counts as one. And th there's been years that we're, it's a one-to-one -one ratio for every one, five to the ball you're in, you're going to get a sticker for your helmet. And the kids are like, wait a minute. And they'll start questioning, like, wait a minute. I thought I had seven or eight. And I'm like, uh, no. I said, here are the plays you were in. Because I, I, I track it. So yeah. I always have, hey, on play nine, you were in that one. And they're like, but what about play 12? I'm like, were you really running? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so those guys will eventually, you know, they'll, uh, they, they start wanting to. It's, it's a one-two thing with them. Yeah, you have to figure out how to reward them. Like, you know, kids have so much stuff to, to fall back on. You know, I'm I'm a little – I'm not I, – I, I was born in the 70s, so I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit older guy. Uh, so, I don't – you know, when I was a kid, you played sports because that's about all you had to do. Like, right. besides, you know, besides fishing, hunting, something like that, you know, you were playing sports because that's what you had to do. Nowadays, man, they got every video game in the world. They've got, you know, they've got everything to take their attention away. And so you really got to get to those kids and, and give them something to kind of work for and go like, hey, you know, you want to be out here. So let's let's make it worth your while to be out here. So Right. No, that's absolutely true. Um, I, they were talking last night. Um, I think it was, was it, it might have been either it was Ryan Day or Dabo Sweeney and they were talking about, you know, I've got to get the kids' attention away from their phone because that thing has more in it than I can ever compete with. So I got to try to make it as much as I can. They got to be focused on me. And, and I, I can't, I think it was Dabo Sweeney they were having that conversation with. So, um, hey, coach, what, uh, what's, what's one individual you drill? If Coach Bonifay goes off his rocker, and I could say that because we went to graduate school together. If gotcha. Coach Bonifay went to went off his rocker and says, you get five minutes of defensive individual today, what's the one drill you're going to make sure you cover in individual? Well, I'm the linebacker coach. So if I've got five minutes of Indy, I'm doing my line reads every time. My linebacker line reads, man, because you're reading guards and what's the guard and tackle doing? And, and we're doing five solid minutes of that. We're getting reps in because that, to me, that's taking you to the ball. Right. If you can't do that, you're not going to make it to the ball. So you've got to be able to get that. And it, it, at least I'll get you there. You may not make the tackle because you're <laughs> horrible, but at least you're going to be in his way and slow him up or something. He's going to have to run over you. But, right. but I've got to get you in position to make a play. And, and my line reads are my, my biggest, uh, my line keys 
are my, my biggest drill that I'm going to make sure we get done because they've got to be able to read their keys and know where to go to get the ball. Good. Hey, if, and if Coach Bonifay ever tells you you only get five minutes, let me know. Call me, and I'll call him and tell him that he's out of his mind. Defense needs more time. All That's those right. offensive, offensive guys always want to take all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they they own the field, man. They score all the points. They get all the fireworks. So Right. All right, Coach. Hey, when you're breaking down an offense, what's like one – what's the first thing you look for in an offense? Probably – and this is like – this is pretty simplistic because I'm going to watch it just straight through. Typically when I watch it for the first time, I just watch it straight through. I'll go in and make it all the clips that I need, all the offensive clips, so I'm not yeah. watching the whole game. But I'm going to watch it straight through, and I'm going to determine who are they trying to get the – who does the offense run through? That's that's who I, that's what I want to know just off the top of my head is who do they – when it's third and one, third and two, who are they going to get the ball to to get? And, and that's who I need to stop. So that's probably the – whoever the stud is, that's who I need to, to find out real quick. No, that's that, that's a good – that's a good – well, now they call them analytics. I'd say that's a good key. <laughs> if we want to sound really hipster, oh, that's great analytics, coach. Great analytics. No, but I think you're right. You know, so every offense, I don't care. Even if you go to Ohio, you watch Ohio State, that ball is running through somebody. Oh, by the way, it's the guy that gets the snap every time. Exactly. Um, but they're, you know, every, every offense has it. And, and, you know, sometimes it's the quarterback. Sometimes, you know, it's it's the tailback. Like, you you know, you were lucky enough. Your quarterback was pretty good, and so was your tailback. So, you know, it, that was a little like, man, you know, we can't take away that guy because then this guy is going to slide out the back door on us and, and make a play. And if we don't – and if we don't stop the tailback, they're just going to hand him the ball 25 times and the game's going to be over, you know, starting at 7. We'll be over by 8.30. So, you know, because you're just going to run the ball at us. I mean, it's, that's how it is. If you don't stop it, they're not going to. That's exactly right. All right, Coach. Um, it's now time for the game wrecker and slobber knocker of the week. So, tell us, who is the best game wrecker you've ever coached or played with? Oh, you know, obviously the ones that are that you've coached the most recent are probably the ones that stick in your mind are the easiest to recall. But we had a kid uh, at Nelson County High School, my years there, his name was Chance Downs. And Chance, um, you know, if you took him out and made him run a 40 and did all the, the cone drills, you'd look at him and say, like, this guy will never touch the field. But when the lights came on and he, like, and the helmet went on, he became a different human being when in between the lines. Like, it, it didn't matter where the ball was going. That kid was – I mean, I'm not kidding you. He was a hundred and, you know, 40-something tackle kid for a couple, three years in a row. And it's, it's just because he understood the scheme. He understood what we were trying to do with the defense. And he, under, and he, he was a film guy. Like, he really did enjoy watching the film, breaking down the scouting report, and doing the little things. Uh, and, and, you know, I know it's not always uh, politically correct to say, but he was a little bit of a bully too. Um, you know, 
football, when it, when it comes down to it, you're still asking another – you're asking a, a man to go get another man on the ground. It takes a little bit of a certain kind of attitude from a person to, to get that accomplished, you know. Like, right. You, you've got to be a certain type of human being to want to go run as fast as you can into uh, another human being. And he was that kind of guy. I, well, I'll leave it for the other because I know you got the. He's <laughs> also my uh, biggest hit, but I'll I'll uh, leave that for you for later. Right. Well, you know, and I think you're right. I think the kids who can impose the player. I don't, you do it all the way up from Pee Wee all the way to the pros. The person who can impose his will on another human being inside the lines is is usually going to win more times than he loses. Just because it, this, what makes this sport so great, is that it's a physical match, and it's not always the biggest guy that wins. It's the kid. It, it could be the person who leverages the best, or you know, can run a little bit faster. So I think you're right. That's that's a great example of a game record. Just because you knew he was going to do what it took to get, take to get it done. Oh yeah. He was, All right, uh, coach. So you've kind of hint, hinted a little bit. Biggest slobber knocker hit. Biggest slobber knocker was uh, – sorry, I'm going to go back into the bag here. Chance Downs. We were we were playing – this was 2004 maybe. And we were playing at Meade County, Kentucky. And Meade County had a kid who was going to Indiana on a full-ride scholarship at quarterback. Um, now, they were uh, they were kind of a veer-type team, a uh, little, little bit of option uh, – they, they just want to line up and kind of beat you up. But this kid, he could throw the ball, so they would occasionally try to try to op- open it up and let him throw. But this guy, D1, you know, big-time quarterback, he goes to run the the uh, the triple option out of their, their little kind of split-back veer package is what it kind of looked like. Chance tackled the fullback, tossed him away, and then went and made the tackle on the quarterback after he pulled the ball. Nice. It was the greatest, greatest play. I mean, if I had, I wish I could find the film somewhere. It's still <laughs> to this day, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen because he, he hits the fullback in the hole, sheds him off, scrapes down the line, and makes the tackle for like a one-yard gain uh, nice. on the back, a solo tackle. I mean, it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Nice. Uh, and I was still really young as a coach then. So I looked at him and I thought, how is this guy not like how <laughs> do coaches look at this film and not think this guy's, you know, what now he ended up going to Moorhead State uh uh and playing ball, but he was just, you know, he was one of them kids, man. Like the measurables weren't all there. He wasn't gonna be the fastest guy on the field, but every time the ball, every time the whistle blew, you could bet he was gonna be within a yard of where that ball was when the whistle blew. So awesome. One of those kids, man. Awesome. All right, Coach. Well, it's it's at the end of the show here. We're asking you now the five bring-in-the-house questions. Rapid fire. Okay, Coach, here we go. Ready? Favorite college team? University of Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> NFL or college football? College football. If you could work with any coach in America, who would it be? Gary Patterson. Oh, yeah. He's a uh, even front guy. Absolutely. Great one. Pepsi or Coke? Coca-Cola, man. I'm sad from the South. Baby. Right, from the South. There's nothing else but that one. Everything's Coke. Right. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. 
Bacon. All right. I, my guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Um, this has been a blast. Um, so our listeners know, Coach has a, um, a YouTube video out right now with Coach Banstra. Um, when this gets published, I'll make sure I tag that in the bottom of it, and I'll also put Coach's uh, Twitter handle on there, and you guys can uh, communicate with Coach if you got more specific questions about anything he talked. Coach, I appreciate you. Hey, it was a blast. Thank you for having me on. I mean, I like I said, I'm always down to talk ball, and I know it hadn't been the easiest because with COVID, we haven't had the Miami Valley meetings or any of that stuff, so it's been kind of, you know, it's been kind of uh, hit or miss. So these Coach Banster's channel and then obviously your podcast and, and videos now, it really helps keep the community together and just understand that, you know, hey, there's still a lot of guys out there grinding and, and getting their football going. So uh, I think I think what what this pandemic has taught us is that football really is a brotherhood. And if somebody needs something or you want to ask a question, just, you know, somebody out there is doing it and they'll they'll share it with you because, you know, if we're we got to keep this game going, you know, it's under attack more than anything else. And I think that, you know, things like this have made us understand how strong we are as a group and what we're doing for the sport and for the young men who play it. Yes, sir. That is, that is the truth. All righty. All right. Hey, listeners, I appreciate you hopping on here and listening to us again and tune in next time for another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. <laughs>